And it's of the writings of the Apostle Paul. And he wrote, For now we see through a glass darkly. For now we see through a glass darkly. You see, friends, we may not understand it all right now. We may not be able to comprehend it all right now. But there's coming a day when the curtain is going to come to a quick and final close. It's going to come to a quick and final close. And the Lord will reveal Himself in all His glory. There's coming a day. There's coming a day so now is not the time to fall asleep. Nor become complacent. But rather now is the time to place yourself in remembrance of the promises of God. And allow the anointing of the Holy Ghost to stir your hearts. To stir your hearts. But I fear that we are living in dangerous times. I really do. I really do. I wanted to say this in light of Pastor Appreciation Day. I appreciate my pastor who just so happens to be my father. I'm very blessed. But last Sunday, didn't we have a time in the Lord? Amen. Amen. I sure did. I remember I sat right over there. And I felt such a burden of prayer fall upon me. I began to weep and I began to cry. And when my dad started singing and, and people started aiding in the song, the song service, uh, I just got lost in the moment. And when my dad said, all right, everyone's dismissed, I actually kind of got a little upset because I really wasn't ready to go just yet. But I knew I had to go because I had work early in the morning. So my wife and I made our way back home to Indianapolis. And we got home and I almost forced myself to sleep because I just had this burden on my heart. Is this all right? Can I share the story with you? And so I finally got to sleep and I woke up early in the morning. I have to wake up around four in the morning for work. And then I work about an hour, two hours away at this job site down south. So I would drive down there, work 13 hours, drive two hours home. Don't get home till late at night. And I still wasn't able to kick what I had felt in the Holy Ghost. I wasn't able to kick it. I wasn't able to... To get rid of it, this burden had been laid upon my heart and I just couldn't shake it. I got home and I, I, I ate food. I took my shower and I crawled into bed and, and I laid in bed and I just stirred and I had these faces come to my mind. I had these faces and these voices and I heard, uh, I heard songs of old come back to my heart and I began to sing right there in bed and I began to weep and I began to cry. I didn't want to cry too loud because... I didn't want my wife to think that my co-workers were bullying me. But I was crying. Finally, finally I, I got fed up with it. Because I couldn't go to sleep and I knew I had to get up early in the morning. So I did the only thing that I knew to do and that's to go pray. When you got a burden on your heart, you need to pray. And when in doubt, you got to pray it out. And so I rode over to my wife and I said, I'm sick of this. I need to go pray. And she said, well, you're not leaving me. We're going to pray together. And so I got up and I started pacing my room. I started speaking in tongues. I started crying and weeping before the Lord. And finally, around 12, 11 o'clock going on 12, I, I felt the burden lift. And I, I sat back down on my bed and I looked over at her and I said, now I can go to sleep. But I thank God right now for a pastor that can lead us in a time of worship. 
It's those moments like that that change your life. Oh, come on. I'm so thankful. Amen. Amen. But uh, I just felt the need to share that story with you today. It had been on my heart and I needed to get off my chest. So, But if, if I could, for just a moment here, draw your attention to the book of Acts. If you would please stand for the reading of the word. Book of Acts, chapter 6, and verse 1 is where I want to begin. And it says, And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom ye may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word and the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen. A man full of faith. And of the Holy Ghost. And verse 8 says, And Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. Today, I have felt this on my heart for quite some time. This isn't just something that I have thought of this past weekend, but what I'd like to talk to you about is living in the dimension of faith. Living in the dimension of faith. Would you just raise your hands just one more time? And let's ask the Lord to plant this word into our hearts. Let's ask the Lord to have His way with your hearts and your minds and with me as well. All right now. Lord, we ask that you come down to us, that you begin to stir our hearts. Lord, that the word would go forth and as a seed and find the fertile soil of the soul and be planted. That fruit would there grow on the trees and on the branches. Not only the saints of God would partake of, but those that are around. Lord, we're but withering blades of grass. We need you today more than we ever did. We need you today more than we did yesterday. We love you, Jesus. We magnify you. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Verbal Bean once made this statement, and he said that human reasoning defies faith. Human reasoning defies faith. And so it's my understanding that the Lord speaks to us many times in a still small voice. Not very often, or I hope not often at all, actually, does He speak to you in an audible voice. If you're hearing audible voices, I suggest you get help. But He speaks to us in still, small voices. And because it is so still and so small, 
at points of time in our lives, I believe that we often override the very voice of God when we wrestle back and forth with inside of ourselves asking the very question, well, is this really the Lord? Or is this just me? And when you do this for such a prolonged state of time, it gives place for the deceiver to come in and begin to sow seeds of doubt and unbelief into your hearts and minds. Thus causing you to miss the very windows of opportunity and the very doors that the Lord had intended for you to walk through, to either be ministered to or ministered through. But I wonder today, this morning, how many miracles, signs, and wonders would we witness? How many gifts of the Spirit would we see in operation if we as a people, if we as Oak Park Church would learn to grab a hold of the horns of an old-fashioned Pentecostal altar and not let go until we heard the voice of God. And upon hearing His voice, no longer reasoning with inside of ourselves, but simply saying, Speak, Lord. Your servant hears you. Speak, Lord. Your servant hears you. And that's why it's so imperative that we learn to live in a dimension of faith. So that when the Lord speaks to us, we can respond and responding to the voice of God requires action it requires obedience obedience saving faith is and will always be inseparably bound to obedience meaning you cannot have one without the other Saving faith, I'm going to say it one more time, is inseparably bound and will always be bound to obedience. Living in the dimension of faith. So here we find Stephen. The Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 6 and verse 5, that he was found full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Now let me just say this. If there were ever a time that we needed to be found full of anything at all. If there were ever a time the generation that we live in is perverse. It's backward. The natural things don't matter anymore. The, the, the natural way of life is being changed as we know it. And if there was ever a time that we needed to be found full of anything at all. If we need to be found full of anything at all. It's full of faith. And of the Holy Ghost, not full of sin and carnality and the cares of this world. I said earlier before I started preaching that I fear that we're living in dangerous times. When the preacher, the pastor can preach an anointed message of God and we not so much be as jarred in the Holy Ghost. God's trying to move in our lives and we just sit here. He wants to do something and we just stare. You got you to gotta put action 
behind your prayers. You got to have obedience. They say when the body is freezing, that it feels the warmest just before death. So if you feel warm, if you feel comfortable, if you're not pricked by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, then rest assured right around the corner is spiritual death waiting to happen. But my question to you this morning is when's the last time you wept bitterly for a lost soul? Or when's the last time that you allowed your own soul to be soaked in the presence of the Almighty God? Here we find Stephen. It later goes on to say in the book of Acts that he went on and did many great wonders among the people. But can I tell you that having faith will always cost you something. Because it will always require you to be obedient. You see, only a chapter later in the book of Acts, we find Stephen is being stoned. And instead of running away and apologizing for what he was preaching, he remained obedient even up to his own death. So my question for you this morning is where does your obedience end? And will you have the faith to see His will done in your life? Honestly, if you have a pen and a piece of paper, I want you to write that down. Where does my obedience end? Where does it end? We live in a, a plush society where we really don't have to face much. But we're still seeing on the news people being stoned People's heads being cut off. Where does your obedience end? Does it end uh, as soon as you walk out the door? Does it end when you go home and you begin to watch pornography on your TV or on your computer? Does the Word of God, be, is it voided out whenever you don't like something you hear? Where does your obedience end? Where does your obedience end? When we are obedient, the miraculous can take place. You see, when Stephen made himself obedient, even up to the point of his own death, he unlocked a window of opportunity to be a witness to a young man whose name was Saul, who later became known as Paul. When you can become obedient to the voice of God in your life, you just never know what will happen or who you'll touch. You just never know. Hey, babe. Obedience is key to living successful for Jesus Christ. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You could substitute the word faith with obedience. Without obedience, it's impossible to please Him. I'd like to draw your attention now to the book of 1 Kings, if you would follow me there. Chapter 13 and verse 7 is where I'd like to begin. This will be a bit more lengthy, so, uh, so please bear with me as I read it. But verse 7 through 24. Here we find a prophet 
visiting King Jeroboam to deliver him a message. And King Jeroboam's hand had been withered. And the king asked this prophet to in his stead pray to the Lord to deliver his hand and heal his hand. And so the prophet did and the king was wanting to give him a reward. And it says here in verse 7. And the king said unto the man of God, come home with me and refresh thyself. And I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, if thou will give me half thine house, I will not go with thee in with your, into your house, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged by me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king. Them they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the donkey. So they saddled him the donkey, and he rode thereon, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto, the, unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me, and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back, and hast eaten bread, and drunk water in the place of which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread, and drink no water, that carcass shall not come unto the sepulcher of thy fathers. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread, and after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the donkey, to wit, for the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way, and slew him. And his carcass cast in the way, and the donkey stood by it. And the lion stood by the carcass also. 
You see, I would rather die like Stephen. Being obedient and accomplishing the will of God for my life. Than die because of a moment of disobedience. Maybe it was a moment of human reasoning. Instead of being sensitive to the voice of God, he decided to listen to a backslidden prophet. I'd rather fall upon the rock than have the rock fall upon me. I'd rather be obedient than disobedient. Oh, we need to pray though. We need to pray more than we have ever before. Oh, God, tune our spiritual ears in to hear your voice. The Master's voice. When He calls your name, listen and hear His voice. And when we begin to pray, and we begin to fast, and read the Word of God, we set aside our own voice of reason and begin to seek the voice of of God. We find in the scriptures many examples of obedience to the voice of God and how that individual was saved by grace through faith. Meaning the faith that they had received was acted upon. It was a now faith. A great example of that is the story of Rahab but more specifically in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 31, it says, By faith the harlot Rahab perish not. By faith, by faith, by faith the harlot Rahab perish not when she received the spies with peace. By faith, by obedience it could be said. You see what happens when we have faith in our obedience the miraculous takes place. All throughout the remainder of chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews, we see a chain reaction of cause and effect. If you will, God will. But not until you go through a tried faith. It's a now obedience, a tried obedience, then there will, if in your lifetime, will be a fulfillment of your obedience. Because it's never promised that what you plant right now, you will see immediately. But it's like the law of the harvest. You will always reap more than what you sow. And you see the life of Stephen. How he planted a seed and he never saw Saul. I, I doubt that was the, the first thing on his mind. It wasn't even close to the last thing on his mind at that time, being stoned to death. But Paul became known, or Saul became known as Paul. And Paul did great things for the kingdom of God, worked many miracles, saw many come to Christ. But because of one man's obedience, a fulfillment of obedience, it's a now faith. A now obedience. You have to have obedience right now. You have to have obedience right now. Then there's going to come a day where uh, seemingly a trial comes. And my dad has always said that you're either in a trial, you're coming out of a trial, or you're going to a trial. It's just, it's just life. But 
But you're coming from a now faith and you're headed to a tried faith when the day will come that something happens and it tries you. It tries your obedience to Christ. But you, you, you hang, on. hang on. You hang on. You tie a knot at the end of your rope and you hang on. And when all hope seem, seems to be gone and when it seems like all is about to fail, the Lord comes in. Just in the nick of time. He may, he may not come when you want Him. Just like the old song says. But He'll always be there right on time. Right when it feels like all's gone. That tried faith becomes a fulfillment of faith. So just hold on. Keep going forward. Because that tried faith is going to ultimately end up in a fulfillment of faith. But I'm not saying it's going to happen in your lifetime. It may happen in the life after for somebody else that you touched, that you reached out to. Let's venture off to Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 32 is where I'd like to begin. We're going to look at right now what by faith means. 32. It says, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me. I don't have enough time. You never have enough time, saints. Uh, the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed violent in fight, turned the flight, the armies of the aliens, who through faith, through obedience, saints, if one person would learn to live in the dimension of faith, they could very well alter the course of their own lineage. We've all heard of generational curses, but how about generational blessings? Generational faith. What are you passing down to your children, your grandchildren? Is it doubt and unbelief? Or is it faith and obedience in Christ Jesus? A well-known Bible commentator, Charles Erdman, said this, If faith denotes mere assent to dogmas or the repetition of a creed, then to accept one as righteous in view of his or her faith would be absurd and unjust. But faith describes a personal relationship to Christ, love for Christ, and such trust and obedience and love inevitably results in purity and holiness and a life of unselfish service. This morning, I want to make a radical commitment to live in the dimension of faith and live a life of unselfish service. Why don't we just raise our hands for just a moment right now. The Lord's wanting to impart some things unto some people. Maybe, 
Maybe help someone with a revelation of obedience. Uh, maybe an illumination. Maybe you've been serving Christ for some time now, but just never really got the, uh, the, the obedience factor pat down in your life. Uh, why don't we raise our hands and just seek the Lord for just a moment. Lord, uh, I haven't always been obedient. There's been times in my life that I've disobeyed. Uh, Lord, I'm wanting to give myself over to you right now. I'm wanting to be obedient to your very call. I'm wanting to be obedient to your voice. Oh God, oh God. Oh Lord, reach out to our hearts right now in this time. You see your people are seeking you. Lord, we need obedience in our life. Uh, and without faith, it's impossible to please you. Without obedience, it's impossible to please you. Lord, we seek you right now more than ever. We need you right now more than ever. Teach us to be more obedient, oh God. Crush the stony heart to powder. Let us be sensitive to your calling. Oh, let's not be so caught up in the cares of this life. Uh, but we need you more now than we ever have. The, the time is quick coming to an end uh, and the curtains coming to a quick and final close uh, the show's almost over and you're coming back for people that have made themselves ready you're not coming back for disobedient saints of God you're coming back for obedient saints uh, oh not everyone that's going to call Lord Lord uh, uh, th that they shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, oh, but he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Oh, you workers of disobedience. Uh, depart from me. Uh, I never knew you. Saints of God, we need to be obedient. Uh, oh, we need to be obedient. Uh, come on, let the gifts stir up right now. Let there be a, a spirit of prayer rest upon you right now. In the name of Jesus, I don't have anything else for the service. I feel that the Lord wants to do something in someone's life, but you got to break through. You got to be obedient right now, right now. Oh, right now, break the chains, break the fetters. Oh, we need you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I didn't intend to preach very long, friends. But I believe the Lord's wanting to do some emotions to think it was going to be another everyday preaching where someone entertains you. But I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to let the Holy Ghost move. I'm here to let the Lord have His will and have His way. Come on, won't you press a little further? Why don't you press a little deeper? Why don't you go into a new dimension and a new realm in the spirit right now? Why don't you, it's okay if you find a place to pray, but find somewhere to pray right now. If you get down and on your knees, on your pew, why don't you do that right now? Why don't you stand? Why don't we go further than we ever have before? Come on, saints of God. The Lord's wanting to do something right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's faith in this place right now, just as 